1: And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the InfluenceAlliance.com, the business building community for change makers who want to build a sustainable and scalable business they love. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says to succeed in business, you have to match your passion with a purpose that will help you reach whatever goals you have set yourself. So joining me on today's show is Sanal Godsi. Now, after making a series of bad decisions with one leading to a friend being shot and killed, Sunil spent thousands of hours on research and interviews to stop people from wasting time making bad decisions by sharpening their intuition. Now on today's show, Sunil is going to share why using intuition helps you make the right business decision each and every time, why people ignore their intuition, and seven steps to make sure that the decision you are making is the right one. So welcome to the show, Sunil.
0: Thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for this opportunity to share with your listeners how they can uh, tap into their intuition to really become amazing entrepreneurs.
1: Yes, absolutely. And as I shared uh, a bit of a background as to what led you uh, down the path of really researching that, you know, so often uh, situations and we shared that, you know, what happened was uh, led to, to one of your uh, friends. Sometimes it's the situations that have us kind of take a step back and oh, you know, take our breath away, but that lead us to being able to explore and now, of course, share. I'm going to start off by asking one of the second points that you wanted to talk about, but I think it's a great way to open the show what have you found that has really identified why people ignore their intuition?
0: So there, there's a number of, uh, of, of things that are happening there. The, because intuition is really complex, and this is one of the reasons why I dove right into it, is because when I looked at, when I ignored my, well, when I trusted my intuition, I, I remember when I was five years old, I had this voice that was telling me, to go door to door to raise money because my dad didn't want to buy some video games for me, and that's sort of really started the entrepreneurial spark for me. And so I remember listening to intuition back then, uh, and uh, I raised two hundred dollars going door to door. Hundred dollars went to my dad, and the other hundred dollars went to uh, a charity. Um, but they're equally. And you talk about um, you know my friend being shot and killed. Uh, if you look at even when I ignored intuition. Uh, this is when I actually, uh, and for those watching, I'm a South Asian male and, and firstborn son, so there's really kind of four career states for for people like me. It's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And I went into door number three, and so that became the engineer in me. Uh, and then when I became a management consulting uh, consultant, uh, you know, there were some contract terms that were changing. In both of those cases, from a sort of a career business perspective, I ignored my intuition. And so When i was in engineering i ended up becoming an entrepreneur by being a starting off as an investor in a mexican uh, firm and pretty soon i was making five times more than an engineer and i quickly trusted my intuition to move into entrepreneurship Um, and i lost uh, my relationship with my dad and then uh, you know it's 20 million dollars later five or six ventures but in, in the management consulting contract with the contract terms are changing, there was this something that was telling me that I should back off. And I was so emotionally invested in the contract that I ended up going, spending every single penny going down to Silicon Valley and the company never paid me. And I came back to to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. So I clearly know that there's, there's this something that was it, when I was five, there was this voice, but then there was these, all these other somethings that were telling me What the right decision was. And I just didn't listen to them. And so this kind of got me started down this path of thinking, okay, then why? Like what are these something's called? And so when I looked at the research at the time, a lot of this is now we're going back into 2012, 2013. A lot of the research around intuition was sort of spiritual nature and uh, cosmic and all that. So if you're looking at from a business perspective, uh, that didn't really lend itself well to um, you know to to i mean it's great from the personal side if you believe that that's what intuition is that's where it comes but i really need to dig to find out what these somethings were and so i really need to blend art and science so i looked at the science because i came come from that logical engineering decision uh, kind of background and there were tens and thousands of articles on intuition there's brain scans that are showing uh, where it show light, lights up it hits the, the the amygdala which is your fight or flight center Research has shown that infants as young as two months have shown to have intuitive capabilities. From a a business perspective, they actually measured the intuition of entrepreneurs. They measured things like skin conductance and heart rate. And they found that intuition acted seven seconds on average before an entrepreneur made a business decision. That was back in 2013. A colleague was telling me that current neuroscience research that's going to be coming out is showing that that's as, as early as 23 seconds before you actually take an action or make a decision, either in a personal or professional context. And there's tons of people talking about it from the business perspective from Jeff Bezos, Tim Cook, Steve Jobs, uh, Sarah Blakely, Oprah, uh, the Harry Potter series, uh, um, yeah, Richard the
1: Taboo, or uh, we don't talk about that intuition anymore. Would you say that intuition is similar to? gut feeling
0: so that's how it characterizes itself so so this is where we really have to think about how we are as individuals so because intuition is a phenomenon it's a subconscious a subconscious phenomenon that you're born with Um, it's about your experiences and it's about your signals and so we each have individual signals that come up so the common one is gut feeling but the way that intuitive signals start is they actually start really subtle in nature and as you ignore those subtle signals they start to change and they get louder uh or in some cases and some some people have gone bankrupt because they've ignored all these the signs or the signals that intuition is giving them so when we say gut feeling or even hear a voice those are two common ones
1: mm-hmm.
0: you don't know if that's signal number one or signal number three so if it's signal number one you're great because you're listening to that first signal and so you're making a decision based on intuition but if it's signal number three from a business perspective you've ignored two signals already and so that means that you've made two bad business decisions now those two bad business decisions could be a a small blip on a pnl statement or it could be that you're headed towards bankruptcy Uh, i mean you don't know uh, the severity of that because it's really about that decision you're making yes or no, and, and the severity of that decision, you won't find out until you actually make the decision. Yes. Um, and, and so that's very that's why it's very important to spend the time to really get to know your signals.
1: Mm. And I know that you're going to talk about the seven steps and possibly what you've already shared as a couple of them. So, you know, I can think of a number of situations where there's just been this inkling and then you make a decision and how many times we go, I knew I should have not done this. Absolutely. I? How often can we relate to that?
0: Absolutely, and it's it's just, it's very common. I've interviewed over a thousand people now uh, on intuition, and I really found that it, it came down to three groups of people. Uh, one, there's those that absolutely believe in intuition, they act on it. You know, we've got the Jeff Bezoses and the Tim Cooks and all that, uh, and, and so they get it. And I had a Buddhist monk, actually, on my podcast series talk about that. Uh, then there's others that kind of talk about it, but they don't walk the talk. And so there's a colleague of mine who is, he was in New York, and he's really changing the way that students um, really kind of have education so that they can become better leaders. And he and I got together because of this sort of, he talks about, you know, positivity and, you know, mindset. And I talk about intuition. It's a great cross-section. And then he saw me speak, and and there were sort of the four types of intuition, and there were signals. And so when I explained it from that perspective, it really crystallized it for him. Uh, And then he noticed the signals came up when he contracted COVID-19 and he ignored them because remember he was not walking the talk and he ignored them and he ended up fighting for his breath. And he actually came to a point where he wanted to die. It was so bad for him. And the true value of intuition basically came to him and said, listen, your voice is not done yet. You have more work. But the way he made decisions was crystal clear after he came out of the hospital. Whereas before he kind of meandered, Around that decision, and when he came out five days later, I was one of the first ones he talked to, and he's he's actually my very first podcast guest for my podcast series. So what a way to start a podcast series on intuition! Uh, um, and it was interesting that, that and there's there's this group of people that don't believe what intuition is, and one of my first uh, interviewees was a fellow by the name of John Rothschild. He was at that time chairman and CEO of Care Operations Limited, and so. This is an investment banker, uh, business decisions, data, spreadsheets. That's all that mattered to him. And when you talk about things like omens and spirituality, he's just not going to have it. So he said, "Okay, come down. I'll give you an hour. Uh, We'll talk about intuition for five minutes. The rest of the time, we'll catch up. I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, So the camera is on. And you you can clearly see by his his body language and his language. He says, yes, Sunil, you know what? I, I don't see omens you know i wish i could shake that person's hand i make business decisions i just don't think intuition just really figures into it and so as we're talking i'm actually educating him and and this is now when we get into the four types of intuition one of the types of intuition is called experiential intuition so when you look at the the the, the businesses that you've had before this experiences that you've had with the products or services that you've sold uh, or 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 others have uh personal experiences your intuition is putting that and parking it in the subconscious of your brain and so when you're actually making a decision it's actually already informed by your past learning experience both formal and informal both good and bad both yours and others and so in a split second it's already informed when it comes to a decision from the past and so uh, and in some cases you can make a business decision that goes against that data and so John says, "Oh, well, I have a perfect example of this." And now we're getting into the second type of intuition. So he used a benchmarking system. He was running franchise operations. And a franchise location like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or a Burger King will only go uh, you know if there was a nine out of ten. And you're looking at traffic flow patterns, you're looking at uh, the development and things like there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it. But ultimately it comes back down to a ten factor scale, a ten point scale. And there was this location. That he and his partner went to and it the location if you work the numbers was a five and a half out of ten there's no way his team would put a, a location there but he goes there and he just says there's something about this location there's something about it that just tells me we should put one that's the second uh, type of intuition called situational intuition when you're in a situation when sometimes you're in a, in a, a room or an alley that something's off that's what he and his partner felt for this location five and a half out of ten no way he would have put it, but they put a location in there that ended up being one of the biggest, most profitable franchise uh, operations called the beer market under his whole restaurant portfolio. And so that's the second type. Now we're, we're moving on to now he's kind of getting it. He says, I think there's intuition. And so he's kind of getting into it. He's believing it a bit. Um, and then he says, OK, I actually want to quit because I want to run this bankrupt little restaurant. And that's the third type of intuition called creative intuition. So creative intuition looks at what type of decision that you're making. And so this is a guy making three to $4 million a year. He is in private jets, limousines, high end restaurants, uh, amazing career as an investment banker. And he wants to quit all that to run a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. Everybody thought he was nuts. And then now we get into the fourth type called relational intuition. The people that were advising him were looking out for the safest route possible but now he realizes that he was guided by intuition and now where he's fully in this thing he's talking about intuition his body language is in there he's using the terms intuition and yet he he said to the naysayers i'm not going to listen to you thank you very much but he goes to his wife who he trusts and and he says listen it just feels right and of course that's what he does and so his creative intuition makes the decision he quits uh, his investment banking walks into that investment into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant that restaurant was east side mario's location number one and that ended up being over a thousand locations in north america in 20 years two billion dollars in total revenues before he retired all because of, of an intuitive decision and When he says it felt right, now we're talking about the intuitive signals. For him, it felt right. And so we all have a basket of positive and negative signals that we all have to get in tune with. And the more work that we do in understanding what the inventory of positive ones and the inventory of negative ones are, every time we make a decision, we'll know it's the right one because it's a positive signal or it's a negative signal. And if you make a decision and it turns out bad, it's not intuition's fault. What you've done is you've either not done the work to send to see what those subtle signals are, or uh, you've fallen prey to one of four intuitive hurdles that really, really screw up your ability to listen to intuition. So that's how much work you have to do. That's how complex it is. And so what, when people say, you say at the start, it, yeah, it's a gut feeling, those are great terms to use as generalities. But it's really complex. And what I'm doing is really, you know, just opening the hood to say, okay, this is how complex it is. This is how it behaves. When you understand that, then every decision you make is going to be the right one. And then you stop wasting time making the bad decisions. And what what people don't realize is that the cost of making a bad decision is actually two times the cost, which is something I call opportunity cost. It's not just the cost of making a bad decision. It's also the cost of not making the right decision and so it's two times the cost And if you look at hiring for example if you hire the wrong person it's not just the lost productivity and the dollars per hour you put in hiring that person what about the person that would have increased improved in productivity and more because they're actually producing so and that's a direct excel spreadsheet that I can put dollars to a bad decision
1: and, and a cost that often is not spoken about could be a psychological cost in that how many times when you do ignore something um, or you just go gang ho because you, you try and justify it, you know you try and you play it over in your head and oh, what it can tend to do is that you begin to, you can, if we're not careful, mistrust. You know, and and doubt yourself, and you really don't want that to happen either. I mean, this is just incredible things, and I know that you're talking about for many of us, it's it's quite new. And of course, at the end of the episode, we're going to give people an opportunity to find out how they can connect with you. I know that you talked about the the four different types of um, intuition, which I shared with the experiential intuition situational, creative, and relational. Let's talk about then the seven steps to make sure that the decision you're making is is the right one. Do you want to run us through those seven steps? Anna?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So the first thing I, I get people to do in that seven step process, and when they, when they want to take it on the website, they can copy of the ebook, that's free. The seven step, seven step process is also free. So there, there's there's no cost to, to, to taking this. One of the things that you want to do, the first thing is obviously identify a problem. And so you figure out what problem that you have. And one of the things that I get you to do is a couple of things. I actually measure your intuition on a percentage basis at the very start. And then of the four types of intuition, you take take a a test, again, a quiz, to see which of the four are really driving your decisions. Because one is usually heavier uh, Mm -hmm. than the other three in driving your decisions. So you just get a, a sense of how you make decisions. The next thing you do is identify a problem that you want to solve, and it could be a burning problem, it could be just a, a tiny problem uh, that you have. Uh, and then what didn't work in the past? And when you looked at what didn't work in the past, not only do you list those steps down, what did it feel like in the moment? And what I'm trying to get at that point is to see, okay, what were the negative intuitive signals that were informing me? And, and you write as many steps as you can, because the more that you can put uh, on down and the more intuitive signals you can identify, the better that's gonna come up later in that seven day challenge. Once you have the negative uh, the, the negative signals down, the next thing I get you to do is put you in, in something called intuitive, an intuitive medium. And what an intuitive medium is, what do you do to cut out the noise to think about the problem you're gonna solve? So for me, for example, um, in the shower is one where I, I, I do a lot of thinking. Um, for some weird reason, in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and I, a lot of my marketing decisions are driven in the middle of the night. I'm not sure why, I'm driving long distances. Some people take a walk, some people uh, you know, exercise, cycle. Whatever it is for you, figure out where you go to cut out the noise, and just think about the problem. And then once you're, you identify what those intuitive mediums are, you put yourself in that intuitive medium, and you think about, how am I going to solve this? And so when you start putting the steps down of how you're going to solve it, think about what it feels like in that moment. If one of the signals coming up is one of the negative signals, because you've already done your homework, you know that's not something you should be putting on the list. And then once you have that, now you've got a pot. Then you're going to have positive signals. So positive signals is usually like the dots are connecting. It feels right. There's a flow. And, so that's and
1: almost isn't it like an inner knowing?
0: It's an inner knowing. You just know that that's that's absolutely this is what I need to do. And and what you're going to find out is once you have these positive signals. Once you have a negative signal come in, it's going to start creeping in it say, uh, 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 I, I know this the signals coming in. And so now you've got a positive set of signals. The next thing you also want to do is who are the people that are going to solve this problem? And so I, I, in the seven day challenge, I look at four groups of people and ultimately you want to have the people that are going to solve this particular problem. It may not be your best friend. It may not be someone in your circle. It, has, it could be someone, it could be a mentor, it could be somebody outside, but for your problem, which, how many people are going to solve this? One, two people, who are going to be, they're going to identify that you can go to, to ask them to help you. And then the, the other thing I get you to do is what environment do you have to get into? Do you have to actually physically move to an environment? Do you have to change the technology? Um, what are some of the value, what are some of the environments that you have to do to change? If at all, you may not have to, but for this problem, you figure it out. Uh, and the last is take action. Uh, you know, you've got the steps and and you just have to take action. And so that's basically the, your seven-day step process. And while you go through the seven-day uh, challenge, as I call it, I have two people going through it uh, that walk you through every single day and what decision they did and the task that they did for that decision. Uh, one fellow's name is John Harris. He actually used the seven-day challenge to sell his house. And on day one, he almost caved in to selling his house for twenty thousand dollars under asking price because of a belligerent real estate agent, but he trusted his intuition and he and he started pushing her away and then pushed some family and fem- family members away so that he can talk to him and his him, himself and his wife, and then at the end there was a bidding war and he settled on fifty thousand dollars over asking price. That's a seventy thousand dollar decision in seven days, um, and the other person going through the seven days is someone who was actually a witness to a homicide. Uh, Ashley Michelle actually walked into her boyfriend's apartment. Uh, he had just murdered one of their friends. He closed the door behind her, locked the door, put a knife to her neck, and said, you're next. Uh, and she, uh, her intuition got her to be calm. Her relational intuition super heightened to make sure that this, this guy just stays calm. And she does exactly what he says. He chokes her. He assaults her. He asks her to clean the blood, which she refused. She got an intuitive moment. Her intuition said, now, uh, she unlocked the doors, ran 18 flights of star- stairs down the apart- uh, into the main lobby, called 911. And she, was, she lived to tell uh, the story to me. She used the seven-day challenge to minimize her PTSD, depression, and anxiety. It's not going to cure it. But in those seven days, not only did she learn that she needed to go back to the gym, so she, that's that intuitive medium I was talking about, that was for her where she can sit and think and she can just emotionally just be at peace. And she started to learn how to trust people. Uh, In those seven days. So if John can go through this and if Ashley can find a solution in seven days, so can you.
1: Oh, brilliant. So as you're sharing uh, some of the examples and then going back to which of those intuition, experiential, situational, creative, relational, a couple of questions that came up for me. And by the way, for those of you who are watching and listening, please, if you've got a question, ask and I'll make sure that I pose that to Sunil. Would you say then that for all of us, it's good to be able to have all of those because each of those experiential, situational, creative, relational can be used to a specific situation? Like relational, it can be best for this situation. So what we want to do is aim to get an awareness and a strength in all of those. is Is that correct to assume? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And not all four are going to be working uh, like, for example, creative intuition can be at, at heightened when you're making an obtuse decision like John Rothschild. Or if it's something mundane, uh, which is, uh, you know, kind of hab- habitual, your, your creative intuition is really going to be low. Uh, but you do want to have some strength so that you're able to dial it up to 100 uh, percent or close to it when you need to make those decisions. Uh, and this is where you really need to work on, you know, the four types. And the other thing is being 100 percent on all of them is not necessarily what's meant to be for everyone. So from a professional perspective, maybe someone who's an accountant loves accounting. And so for them, creative decisions aren't something high on their list. Whereas, you know, more the experiential intuition, relational intuition in terms of getting clients and situational intuition, we're figuring out, you know, what's the business, do the numbers reflect the business? Those need to be heightened. Whereas somebody in a digital marketing play, for example, uh, or an entrepreneur starting out, it needs to have be heightened on that on that creative intuition because they've got to be able to pivot or create create a product or service that is really really outstanding that solves a need uh, that somebody's going to pay you for. Uh, and sometimes you got to be way outside the norm to do that. And that's where your creative intuition needs to be heightened. And so this is the challenge now is to do the work uh, yeah. to not only get in touch with your signals, look at the different four types, strengthen it, and continue to do this because it's always a work in progress over yes. time. Um, And it seems like a lot of work, but what happens is over time, you become so good at it that you just flow and you you actually reduce the number of people in your life because you filter. It's a great filtering mechanism to only keep people around you who are great for your business, the ones you hire or mentor. And in your personal life, those are going to support you in what you're doing. Uh, Not yes people. These are people that are just going to support you in the thick and thins, the ups and downs and give you great criticism. Uh, and they're going to ebb and flow, but you have this small, tiny circle of people around you, that support is also going to help you as an entrepreneur, help you as a business person, because you don't have to worry about that. They're there to pick you up if you need. They're there if you need some mentorship, if you need some advice, you just need to sit and have a coffee with them uh, and just chat, and that's it. And so yes. that's, that's, again, where intuition helps you. And so when you operate like that, everything, it just it just feels smooth.
1: I mean, as you're sharing that, and, and it's interesting that a conversation that you shared you had with someone who said, Well, I don't really know if I agree with any of this. I'm strengths in this particular area. What I have come to realize in my own life and what I've observed of others too I mean, we all have natural gifts, strengths, and talents that we use. However, often when we overplay those, they can become a weakness. But what we don't realize is that there's certain aspects that if we can tap into, it can just do bring what we're doing to a completely different level. Not that we We need to sit in it consistently, but it's a check-in. So it can either be the missing thing that is keeping us stuck or it'll enable us to take what we're doing to a much greater level that we didn't really know it was possible. I wonder, have you, since you've started to, obviously you've been studying this and, and just immersing yourself in, in this area, did you find, were you able to find, and I think this is what I understand too, when we do an assessment, we probably gravitate towards maybe one or more of this, these intuitions and maybe don't even know that that's what, what's happening, but were you able then to recognise, well, you know what, create intuition there's not something that I naturally do I want to try and enhance that a little bit more so have you been able to strengthen or firstly identify which of those you have used more and then being able to develop in those other areas have you found that for yourself too
0: absolutely so so the one the weakest one for me was sort of relational intuition and uh, I was quite st- strong on the creative I used to i, I Constantly doing things that are different than everybody else. Uh, I'm able to so, sort of the situations, I'm able to kind of get a sense of them. Um, and experiential, I've got so much vast experience when it comes to entrepreneurship and, and management consulting that I can draw from, um, where I've actually used things, intangible things like trust to build, you know, grow a business from 350,000 to three and a half million. Uh, and so these are the experiences I can draw from. But the, 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 the relational intuition was where, where I used to give people second chances. Now, intuition already gives you second chances. So I give a third or fourth chances. And even though I know that I should be letting go of a partner or not consider somebody for a partner or not hire this person or not involve this person in this project or look at that vendor, uh, or I'm, I think this is not good, I'm going to buy this program, but I think it's, it, I've already, like, three quarters of it is something that I've already, I already know. I'm paying for a quarter of it, which doesn't make sense from a dollar dollar per program perspective. When you when you you know kind of use that kind of math, that was really really weak for me. And so I really needed to you know just buckle up and be a lot more stricter. Would say no, I, you know I got I have a bad sense about this person. Um, I'm not gonna allow that person again or cut them off early um, because everything's always good I- emotionally when you have someone that wants to come on the team or you want to deal with something and that emotional height being too emotional. Squishes the intuitive signal down. Uh, and even though the signals are trying to get up, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I get so excited. Uh, and so, what I often need to do is, anytime I have uh, someone that, that I know wants to come on board, I always give it 24 hours. At that 24-hour mark i'm doing enough thinking so that my intuition can come up i can get rid of the emotions my head and heart are balanced emotions and logic are balanced and they can come up with a decision and more often than not it's like yeah you know what i don't think this is the right time or i don't think we're aligned uh, and i'm getting better at that right so even even myself even though i study it uh, i i try and practice and i kind of know the one area that i want to improve um and, and that's exactly what the, is the sort of the blueprint of what i do for those pr- who work out with me on one-on-one uh is that okay where do you want to go and what do we need to work on or is this something in the past that's really blocking them and they're so stuck emotionally in the past or they're stuck from uh, they, it's okay to have some memories of what's happened in the past but they're emotionally blocking themselves and they, they're not able to make certain decisions when it comes to hiring Or they're hiring one type of person, uh, you know, and everybody else is kind of like that person uh, and they don't move forward because you don't get the innovative and creative, uh, you know, thinking from multiple different angles, which you're going to need, right? You don't want everybody thinking like you because then how do you expand, pivot, get different ideas uh, when you're hiring?
1: Yeah, as you're sharing about the experiential intuition, and and I would imagine too that experiential intuition intuition can increase well through maturity and the different experiences that you have. And so, would you then say that experiential intuition for a younger person that will continue to to, to grow and develop through the experiences that you have, um, and with you as you mentioned the the emo, the relational around the, the the emotions. I mean, for some of us, and you know, I. I you know, I studied MBTI, when you, when you think of the feeling and the thinker, the thinker uses more the logic, the feeler uses the emotions. And I don't want to fire that person because, you know, what what happens with their family and so forth. But really, as you were saying, the decision, is that person the best fit for the role? And if not, then you have to make that decision that, well, can we re, reassign them to another area of the business? Or maybe the decision for both parties is, is, is one to part ways. Those are the kind of the things that um, yeah, that and uh, that, that you were sharing. And we've got a comment here from Iman. Uh, when a man says, I have a bad feeling about this, he's an expert and it pays off. When a woman says she's emotional and mixing her personal hormones with business. Yeah, I know that that's said, but you know what? I think there there is both. And again, there's a balance. And, and exactly, I think what you said, Sunil, which beautifully aligns with that, that you were saying, to, if you allow that emotion and that you know what happens if I have to let this person go if that can and you know that that person is not excelling for the business and ultimately they're going to know that too but so by leaving them in that role uh, it's inhibiting them too because they'll know then they're not contributing I I think that you even struggled with that so yeah not just gender not just gender men and, and women
0: yeah and there's a couple of things there so so when when people have sort of a reaction to the intuitive decision you make and 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 whoever brought that was excellent because these are what other people are going to think if i'm making a decision on intuition i really don't care what you think because if this is what i think if this is great for me and where i want to go you can have whatever reaction you want it's my path my intuition my decisions i know i'm making it for for me if, if and I often say this, this is my train. I, I, this is the track that I'm on. If you don't like the journey I'm on, get off at the next station and if you're gonna continue to be bothered, I'll kick you off myself. Now that may be harsh, but that's how harsh that people have to get, I think we you know when because we're so bombarded by everybody else's intentions and what they think, and armchair entrepreneurs and want entrepreneurs and uh, you know social media marketing and ads and all this stuff, when we're just getting bombarded with the stuff when we just have to sit and listen and think about what we want. And so, yeah, okay, if that's what you think it is and and women are characterized like that, guess what the research shows that women are 350 percent more profitable when it comes to using intuition in business guess what it women's brains have more neurons going between the lobes which means they're more empathetic which is what you need in a business when you're running a business on intuition uh you know so i can throw data at you when uh, up the yin yang if you want to kind of go that route if it's a gender issue um and, and the other thing is when you also run a business on intuition and you attract those type of people you naturally repel those that aren't gonna fit in or use your business as a statistic um, because your intuition drives your core values. Intuition is is really at the, at the amygdala. So there's no language around fight or flight. As core values in a business, we put language around that. And that language is that feeling. So when you come into a business, you have to feel like you wanna work there. And intuition is a two way street. So if the leaders are talking about intuition, but they're not acting on intuition, the intuition as me coming in as a, as a partner or as an employee is going to pick up on that, saying there's a disconnect between what you're saying and what you're doing. And it's, and, and, and I'm watching what you're doing, uh, you know, when you're not even looking. So mm-hmm. if, if my intuition is saying that there's a disconnect and you're trying to use intuitive language, but you're not acting like that, I'm gone. And so are my mm-hmm. talents and so is my creativity because I'm going to take it to another company. And you can see this in the statistics of Gen Ys and Gen Zs average of 3.9 and 3.2 years exp- respectively in, in in a role and you know the one that people can say that they're lazy and all the entitled what uh, there's that side i just think that there's just businesses that are so operating on pnls that they don't really care too much about the empathy they're stuck on old ways of doing things uh, and they want to they just well they can they just don't know how to uh, or, or you know, they it's it's concept. But it's again, walk the talk versus you know talk the talk, um, and so I think that that's why people get just get disillusioned with businesses even more so in these COVID days, where people are looking for a purpose. Uh, we talked about purpose at the start. You know, what's what's the company's purpose? You know, what are they making the the the, uh, empl- the uh, customers feel? What need are they really solving for that customer? and that's what you do as a salesperson that's what you're doing in operations you're feeling a need for someone who really needs your products and services even something as accounting you know somebody doesn't want that headache right and it's a mess for them so you're really feeling that need so they can go and be creative they can go and run their business so they can fill other customers needs when you run a business intuitively like that you attract people for that the purpose that you have and you'll self-select everybody else out and the other thing you, you were actually talking about earlier is about developing over time. Absolutely. Intuition is like a muscle. And what's ha- what we haven't done to the younger generation is we haven't talked about intuition. I mean, I certainly didn't know about those things. Uh, but of course, I've, you know, my kids have at they're nine and fourteen. They have the luxury of me talking about intuition all the time. And yes. as much as they as they roll their eyes and Oh my God, here goes dad about intuition again. <laughs> oh my God! Another podcast. Oh, you know, it just I was even before we came on. Dad, another podcast. I said, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be great. So, as much as they have that, they've learned to move away from bullying situations. Even three, four years ago, when they noticed the behavior at the start, and they moved away before even getting into it. And if, if for those watching, you can see the art behind me. Uh, the art is painted by my uh, daughter when she was twelve. She is now fourteen. She actually runs a federal nonprofit corporation. A Canadian federal corporation raising money for disabilities and illnesses that's her purpose through art she's raised over thirty thousand dollars so far in a year and a half and she was like 12 and 13 she doubled uh she doubled uh, her sales at a fundraiser from twenty five hundred to five thousand but her purpose this is where the intuition comes and in. her purpose is to help those with disabilities and illnesses and there was a she had a pop-up event and she had this a person who has cerebral palsy and and his his oh sorry parkinson's his his left arm was shaking right and so he called my daughter over and he said i love this event and he says watch what your vent is doing and he puts the brush to the canvas and his left arm stops that's purpose led by intuition in a single moment and it solidified exactly what she wants to do led by intuition and if more businesses entrepreneurs had their businesses like this can you imagine the people that you you attract as customers as employees as vendors as suppliers and that if that's your ecosystem you'll crush your competition and they won't even see you coming because you don't have any fanfare
1: they you're just moving out. ahead They're subtle and they're analytical. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a. We need that. But everything that you're saying, I think you see, you're starting to see that customers, and especially now, that the young people who really don't just desire it, they demand it. It's been proven that if a, an organisation does not align to the values of these young people, they will not do business with you. And uh, as leaders of businesses, you know, do we even know what our purpose is? Are we encouraging this? Do we have a balanced team um, that that contributes? And i and I, you know love the way that you've shared what you've shared today. And I know that we've only just shared, you know scratched the surface. But if you create that kind of environment, and as you mentioned, it really takes everything to the next level, and it almost becomes part of when um, we well, you know the culture and we talk we we talk about that often too. But it's something that, it, it's almost, it's it's like an invisible thread that ties everything together and people just want to do business with us because of how the experience that we're creating. And Absolutely. guess what? Experience is how people feel, not just Absolutely. because whatever. So I think businesses who are just driven by profit has to be purpose, has to be people, has to be planet. I mean, now I think b- because of what's happened around the world, people are far more... Uh, They want to take businesses to account. What are you doing across all of those areas? For your people, if it's just driven by profit and greed, goodbye, we're not going to do business with you.
0: Absolutely. And and profits and all those things uh, are laggard indicators. What you're not doing is fixing the leading indicator. And there's a reason why 91% of businesses fail in the first two years and 99% don't even make it past year five. Uh, and, and those are just the reported statistics. I think it's much higher than that. Uh, and it's because everybody's looking at these laggard indicators. If it's a laggard indicator, uh, you're too late, right? You sh- there should be a leading indicator you should be fixing because the laggard indicator will, will fix itself. So if you're always looking at the profits, uh, you're already behind. And 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 what damage have you done to get that? If it's one quarter, uh, well, yeah, but how many quarters, right? Yes. And so that that's how you think about these things. Uh, and that's where the intangible now becomes tangible, yeah,
1: yeah, right. What I love about what you've said too, and then I'll get you to and share with people how to get in contact with you, that so many industries now have been challenged. We need to new, we need to find new ways, we need to discover new ways, we need to encourage our team to be innovative, to use intuition, to tap into ideas uh, collaboratively, individually, um, you, you know, to be able to come up with innovative ideas. And the only way to do that is to, it, as you You just said create, you know, environments that allow us to do that. Figure out where is the medium? Where do you do your best thoughts? Maybe I'm like you, in the shower and sometimes just before I'm going to sleep when I wake up and I just get up, sometimes 1 o'clock, sometimes 4 o'clock, and my colleagues, you know, if I type, you know, just move my computer, Facebook shows that up, what are you doing up? (laughs) Right. <laughs> and recognize that because you could come up with the next idea that saves an entire community that is currently you know in poverty because of that one idea but you've just ignored it because you've just rolled over and gone back to sleep so I mean these are just um just some things that you're sharing and I think uh awareness is wonderful now become more mindful and take action to, to really investigate. You know what are you leaving on the table? What are you not tapping into? So, Sunil, how can people find out more um, access? I think you've mentioned you've got a book, you've got a podcast. What what's the best way for them to connect?
0: Absolutely. So, if you go to intuitionology.com, there's a free ebook there. There's there's access to the podcast series with the links to all the different uh, podcast apps, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Google Podcasts, etc. Uh, there's a free I mentioned free ebook that takes you to the seven day challenge. Once gets it's completely free. You solve the question you solve a burning problem that you want based on your intuitive capabilities. I'm on all the different social channels. Um, I'm even going to try TikTok without dancing because if I dance, uh, people's intuition is going to say, uh, stop dancing, Sunil. Uh, so I'll be having some tips and tricks there. Um, and there's, they can always DM me or send me an email at sunil.sunilgodsy.com. At Happy to uh, answer any questions.
1: Fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com forward slash podcast series.